Welcome to the Knox Presbyterian Church Podcast. We're so glad that you're here. We hope this resource is a blessing to you. Let's jump in. Hello. Today's scripture reading comes from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7 and 11 through 13. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. But each of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. The gifts he gave were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until all of us come to the come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to the measure of full stature of Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Dante. So I had an experience recently, one that probably many of you have had, of riding an airport shuttle bus from the terminal to the rental car lot, right? Pretty normal, everyday experience. And I have to say, I would imagine that normally driving a shuttle bus is a pretty thankless job, right? The, the driver of the rental car shuttle bus is pretty low on the totem pole. But not this driver, and not this day. This driver, it's like nothing I have ever seen. He, he just took so much delight in his job. Particularly, he, he took delight in making sure he got every single passenger on that bus who wanted to be on it. And he would scan the curbside, watching for people. And he told us, he told everybody who got on, on the bus, he said, this is my thing. I want to make sure I get everybody. And you can see it. You can see when somebody's running late. You can see when they know they're about to miss it. There's a look on their face. And so he kind of like got everyone on this mission with him, like that we would all be scanning too. Like, oh, I think I see somebody over there. And he'd like whip over to the curb and make sure that he got everybody on this bus. Not only did he make sure he got everybody, but he made sure he served them with all that he had. He would jump out of the bus as soon as he pulled over. He was at their luggage before they knew what was happening, putting it on the bus for them and jumping back in. And you know how travelers are, right? Especially that it's commuting travelers, people who have to travel for work. We all just kind of sink into ourselves, right? We're not looking to make friends. So everybody's kind of down in their phone or whatever they have with them normally. But this man had this power and people looked up. They were joining him. They said, oh, there's one over there. I got him. I got him. And people were started talking to each other. This man, he said, he'd get on the intercom on the bus every time and be like, all right, folks, we're on our way. I know you're in a hurry. I'm going to make sure we get you there on time. This man did his job so well, I swear, there were people who rode around that terminal more than once just to hang out with him. Like, that's how much joy he created. He created a community. There was, like, small group happening on this rental car shuttle bus. This man was doing his part, playing his part in the kingdom of God. And you can, too. You probably have. The time you said something, that just that, that one thing that kind of pulled everything together at a meeting. 
You help with a homeless person that everybody else overlooked. You were patient with a rambunctious three-year-old. You lose yourself in a piece of music. You express compassion. You stand up to a bully. You make a sacrificial gift freely. You fix an engine. You forgive an old hurt. You say something you'd normally never say, or you don't blurt out something you normally would. As you do, you are playing your part in God's kingdom. Everyone has a part to play in God's kingdom. You have a part to play in God's kingdom. Jesus shows us how we discover the part that God has for us to play in one of the stories he tells. This one is recorded in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, starting at the 14th verse. Jesus said, For it, it being the kingdom of God, it is as if a man going on a journey summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. The one who had received the five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing the five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one with two talents also came forward, saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward, saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, you have what's yours. But his master replied, You wicked and lazy slave. You knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter? Well, then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one with the ten talents. For to all those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave, throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, as we have done each week in this series, I do want to start out reminding you that this is a parable, which is to say it's a fictional story illustrating a non-fictional truth. So, 
For anybody who might be worried, there is no actual person who has just been cast out into the darkness with weeping and gnashing of teeth, whatever that might be. We don't take these stories literally, but we do take them seriously. And this third servant is meant to serve for us as a clear and compelling warning. Jesus wants us to know that God is serious about us playing our part in his kingdom. So how do we do that? How do we go about playing our part in the kingdom of God? Well, from my reading of this story, I came up with a a kind of a formula. If you want to know what part God has for you to play in his kingdom, you can ask yourself, and better yet, you can ask God in prayer two questions. What gifts have I been given? And how can I invest those gifts in God's kingdom? What gifts have I been given and how can I invest those gifts in God's kingdom? If you can come up with some answers to those two questions, you'll have a pretty good idea of the part God wants for you to play. Or, in more formulaic language, you could think assets plus opportunities equals your part to play. And as we talk through this today, I want us to get really practical around this. I, I, I want to, you to be interacting with me around this. So you got your bulletin, that whole space for notes on the back. You got some pens in the pews you can grab. I want you to do something like what you see here on the screen. We're going to list some of these things out, or at least we're going to set up a template for you to be able to take it home and think and pray about the gifts and opportunities that God has for you. So the first question here is, what are the gifts? What are the gifts that I have been given? What's on my list of assets? And before we get to the specifics about that, I want to talk some generality, some things that are true for all of us. And the first thing that is true for all of us about the gifts that God gives is those gifts are abundant. They are plentiful. No matter who you are or how few gifts you think you might have, the reality is that you have an embarrassment of riches at your disposal. This landowner in Jesus' story, he entrusts portions of his property to three of his servants. It says that to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, each according to his ability. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I read that and I feel kind of bad for the third guy, right? Like, why did he only get one? That's a bummer. Like, why was why is he so stingy with that guy? Well, what we need to understand is the value of a talent. In Jesus' day, the value of a one talent, one talent is worth 15 years one person's wages. 15 years of somebody's annual Wages. So if Jesus was telling this story today here in America, the average salary is $60,000 a year. So what it would have said for us is to one, he gave $4.5 million, to another, he gave $1.8 million, and to that poor, poor soul, he gave $900,000. I don't feel so bad for him anymore. Right? He, he got a lot. All of us got a lot. The gifts that God gives are abundant. So that leads to the, the gifts are abundant. That leads to the second thing that Jesus' story tells us about these gifts. And that's that they are gifts. They're not ours. Everything we have, everything we might write down in that asset category is a gift. 
given to us in trust by God. It's all a gift. We need to understand this. Nothing we have is ours. Everything that we would claim belongs to us, was earned by us, that we worked hard for, it's all a gift, graciously and generously given to us by our loving God. So, what are some of those gifts? Well, I came up with three categories, and you can write these down in that column. First one is our time. Our time is a gift. The span of years that we have here on earth, the 24 hours that every single one of us is given in a day, the health and the energy that we have to use that time, try as we may, there is nothing we can do ultimately to increase the time we have here on earth. Every single minute of it is a gift. Next category would be our financial resources. Certainly, yes, our money, but also whatever we use our money to purchase, our possessions. That also includes our, our savings and our investments. Now, this one's tricky, because I know as well as you all do, I, I have learned throughout my life, the same as you all have, the myth of the self-made man or woman, right? That's one of our American myths that all of us got where we are, earned what we got by ourselves, that we pulled ourselves up by our bootstraps and everything we have is in our hands because we earned it. We worked for it. And I have to say that's not entirely true. Just think, say, say you attended a prestigious university, after getting out of college you got a job, you worked your way up the ladder, got promotions, and earned a salary through that, right? You worked hard for that, right? You worked in college, you worked at your job, you earned what you got. Well, yes and no. You have to think, who chose for you to be born into a family whose genetic makeup and cultural background gave you the intellect and opportunities that were made available to you? What relational connections paved the way for you to get into that college or land that job or receive that promotion? In what ways does the wealth that you now have come from resources that you did not create or cultivate but simply had the good fortune to receive, even if you did work hard with them once you got them? The honest truth is there is no such thing as a wholly self-made man or woman. Now, some may call it luck or good fortune. The Christian calls it grace. Our financial resources are gifts given to us in trust by a very generous God. So we've got our time, we've got our money possessions, and finally we have got our talents, the way we use that word. The personality traits, the skills and abilities that make us who we are. You can put that as a category on your asset column as well. So underneath that category, you could think, are you good with numbers? That's a gift. Do you have a winsome and, and funny personality? Gift. Beautiful singing voice, 
gift. The list could go on and on and on. And of course, just like with our money, we can receive it and we can work with it. You can take a gift, a talent, and you can work to develop it to make it better, but you did not create it. You either are or are not born with a beautiful singing voice like Anna's. And we are so grateful God gave her that gift. We are all better for it. But it's a gift. So you have these three categories to fill in a lot of your answers in that asset column. What gifts have I been given? But that leads then to the second question. What do I do with them? How can I invest those gifts in God's kingdom? What are my kingdom opportunities? And again, we're going to get specific about that in a minute, some generalities about those opportunities first. Just like the gifts that God gives are abundant, so too are the opportunities to use them. These first two servants in Jesus' story, they didn't have to sit down and think really hard to ponder and wonder what to do with their master's gifts. No, they just knew right away where to go, where to invest it, how to put their master's gifts to work, which tells me that there are more opportunities to invest our gifts than there are gifts to invest. There are more opportunities, way more opportunities to invest our gifts than we even have gifts to invest. Way back in September, you're not going to remember, so I'll remind you, we defined the kingdom of God. We spent a lot of time on that. And one of the definitions we gave you comes from Dallas Willard. He said that the kingdom of God is the range of God's effective will. It's the range of God's effective will, which is to say that the kingdom of God is wherever God's will is done. It is the sphere in which everything that happens meets with God's approval and God's delight. So, is it God's will? Is God's will done when we take care of the earth? When we take care of God's creation? Yes, the kingdom opportunity. Is God's will done when we love our neighbors as ourselves? Yep, kingdom opportunity. Does it meet with God's approval and God's delight when we share the gospel with someone? When we feed the hungry? clothe the naked, visit the prisoner, comfort the the hurting, bless the children, welcome the foreigner. I'm not sure how many I just listed there, but we're just going to give it a blanket yes. Opportunities to invest our gifts in the kingdom of God here on earth are abundant. They're abundant and they're risky. They're risky. Anybody who has ever invested any amount of money in the stock market understands there is inherent risk in investment. What those first two servants did, they took a risk. Unless you're involved in some kind of insider trader shadiness, you know if you invest your money in a stock, it could either go one or two ways, up or down, and you don't know ahead of time what's going to happen. To invest means taking a risk. John Wimber was the, one of the founding leaders of the Vineyard Movement. It's a charismatic denomination within the American church. And one of the things he was famous for saying was, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. And it was a vineyard pastor. I told you earlier I was going to tell you a story about me. It was a vineyard pastor who actually said something to me and Dave that has always stuck with me through my ministry. It was the year before I went into pastoral ministry. Dave and I were talking with him. And he said, you know... In my ministry, 
I have learned that if I want to see the Holy Spirit move, I've got to be willing to make myself look like an idiot. I kind of pondered that, and then he told the story to illustrate. He said, you know, for instance, in worship, there was a time that in Vineyard Church, they, they worship kind of like this service, more contemporary style, and, and they leave a lot of time at the end for singing and for prayer and, and things like that. And they were singing and people were being prayed for, and he just felt this move, this kind of leading to invest his gift in leading his church into kind of doing it a kind of like altar call type experience. And even in that church, that was a risk, right? You'd think maybe a more charismatic church, they'd be all coming down the aisles, but not necessarily. And he felt kind of the Holy Spirit beckoning him to get up and invite people to come to receive Christ, to receive prayer, to receive healing. And so he got up and did it. And nothing happened. Like everybody just kind of blinked at him and he was, you know, and he was like, well, go in peace, never mind. All right, shoot, he felt like an idiot. Next Sunday comes along. They're singing at the end of the service, same thing's happening. He feels that same beckoning kind of from God to do this thing, to get up, to invite people to come forward for prayer, to receive Christ, to, to receive healing. And so he's like having this argument with God in his head as they're worshiping, like, God, I don't, I'd really rather not look like an idiot again this week. But he was obedient, he was faithful, he took the risk, and they had this incredibly powerful time of worship where people did come, receive Christ, receive prayer, receive transformative healing. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K, and I have tried to integrate that some. I know we're Presbyterian, but I try in my ministry, and you see that, to say, you know, if the Holy Spirit says, sing it again, we're going to sing it again. I'm not sure, but I'm trying to follow the gift that God has given me and to take that risk. So if you're wondering where you might invest the gift that God has given you, know that the decision will require some faith on your part. It is going to involve some risk. You are not in control of the outcome. Your job is to play your part. We invest, and we let God do the rest. So what does this look like in real life? I want to give you some examples. I'm going to start with my friends Laura and Casey. Uh, Laura is one of my longest friends from life. They live out in California. And in that asset column, Laura and Casey have a loving and stable marriage. They have a deep love for children. They have a great house with lots of bedrooms. Uh, Casey has a great paying job that allows Laura to stay home. All assets. On the opportunity side of things, somewhere along the way, Laura and Casey learned that on any given day, there are over 437,000 children in America living in foster care. That means they have been taken from their homes, removed from their families, and moved from home to home to home, never a stable environment, incredible amounts of pain and trauma. So, Laura and Casey have taken the risk and invested their gifts in adopting their three children out of the foster care system. Laura and Casey are playing their part in God's kingdom. Closer to home, I got the permission from Eleanor to tell her story, one of her stories. Several years ago, you'll remember all over the news was the Syrian refugee crisis. 
right? Millions of people displaced from their homes due to warfare in Syria. And our church in Pennsylvania at the time responded. We did a number of opportunities and events not only to educate people about the crisis, but to raise money uh, to be able to help. We did a 5K and, and a number of different things. A couple months later, Eleanor comes to me and she says, Mom, am I allowed to use the really big drink containers from church? I said, yeah, there's an asset. She said, can we go buy a lot of hot chocolate mix? I said, yeah, we can, we can do that, got the money to do that. She said, can you let like, everybody know, can you let people at church and school and use Facebook even, and can, can I have a hot chocolate stand to raise money for Syrian refugees? Yeah. Eleanor was playing her part in God's kingdom. Then there's the people on our personnel council here at Knox. Let me tell you, there are zero HR classes in seminary. We don't come into this job knowing how to manage a staff of people, how to create a healthy, happy work environment. So we have this personnel council and these are people with these incredible gifts. They have knowledge of how human resources is supposed to work. They have wonderful people skills. They love Jesus. They love people. They've got this education and training to know how to do it. And it would be enough if what they did, the only thing they did, was create healthy, happy work environments in the marketplace, which they do, each and every one of them, in their own individual jobs and workplaces. But they also take those gifts and use them here to make Knox one of the truly, I am not making this up, I think Knox is one of the happiest, healthiest church staff experiences I have ever been a part of. I see some staff people out here nodding. That's not an accident. That is our personnel council playing their part in the kingdom of God. I could brag on every council, by the way, I know, but I do want to get you out sometime before 1 p.m., then there's Jim Rose. Jim attends our 9 a.m. service, and I nearly knocked him over by calling him out this morning. Jim, if you've met him, he is just this like wonderful grandpa type. He's just kind and loving and, and, and just a grandpa type. So that's an asset, his personality. Uh, he's also retired, so that means he has the asset of time. Well, on the opportunity side, uh, it's just reality. Research shows that all kids, every kid, needs at least throughout their childhood five healthy adult mentors, five adults other than their parents to invest in them, to know them, to care for them if they are going to thrive in their lifetime, right? So we got Jim, the grandpa type. We got this need amongst children. So Jim, I found out this year, for the last 10 years has been going into Scott School, where my kids go to elementary school, and reading to kindergartners every week. So those children at Scott Elementary for the last 10 years, they all know that they've got, out of their five, they've got at least one pretty great grandpa type. How about, thought this week about Julie McMullen. Now, Julie McMullen, if you've met her, she, like Jim, I could brag on her, she's just got this wonderful, loving, caring personality. Uh, Julie also has, like many of us, she has a car, it's an asset, and she's got a pocket of time on Wednesdays. 
And Julie met a, a woman, a mom, at the great banquet a couple of banquets ago who wanted for her kids to be able to come here for the Wednesday night program, but this woman and her husband, their work schedules wouldn't allow them to bring their kids with any consistency. So Julie, loving, sweet Julie, who connects with kids great, she drives those kids here to Knox on Wednesday nights to make sure that they can get here. And then, well, she's already here, so she sticks around and helps cook dinner too. Julie is playing her part in the kingdom. And I could go on and on. I could look through this room and look at your faces and tell your story and your story and your story and your story. Again, I'm not going to keep you here that long. And the ones that I don't know yet, I want you to tell me. Because there are so many stories about how all of you are playing your part in the kingdom of God and there's more yet to be done. There are more opportunities <laughs> than we can even imagine. So now it's your turn. You got some work to do answering your own questions to discern the part that God wants you to play in his kingdom. But I'm gonna take one more risk now. And I'm actually gonna give five of you a very practical way you can live out this kingdom assignment, a way that you can answer this question, what gifts has God given me? And how can I invest those gifts in God's kingdom? So it's a risk because I'm going to be asking for five volunteers, and I might just watch tumbleweeds blow across the stage, but I'm going to wait, and we can stay here past lunch, kids. <laughs> so I need five people right now to come and join me on the chancel. Five people. Thank you all. There's always the first bold person. Thank you, Tim, Kirk, Aaron. All right, who else is coming? I see somebody in the back. Renee, one more, one more. Thank you, Kathy. All right. Fantastic, brave souls. All right, so you have a month, one month, to answer these two questions. What gifts have I been given? And how can I invest that in the kingdom of God? And I have the answer for you to that first question. You each have $100. It's very crisp. It's very real. You can check it. Oh what? <laughs> <laughs> check it. It's real? No? All right. So what gift have you been given? $100. That's right. So that gift has been given to you. That gift is not given for you. That's God's money. So you have it in your hand in trust, but over the next month, your job then is to ask the question, ask God the question, how can I invest this gift in God's kingdom? You do not need my permission. Please do not call me and say, hey, I just met this homeless person. Can I buy them food? Yes, you can, if that's what God is leading you to do. Whatever it is, I have no idea, but God is going to lead you to use that to invest in his kingdom in some way. So your assignment, question number one, we got the answer. Your, your job is to find the answer to question number two. And I said, you have a month. So on Sunday, March 3rd, we're gonna find a way, whether it's in person, video, I don't know, we're gonna share those stories. You're gonna come back here and tell us how God used you to play a part in his kingdom. Deal? Deal. All right, let's give them a hand, they're brave.
We all have our part to play in God's kingdom. It starts with the gifts that God gives us. And we have this gift of this table, of the undeserved grace of Jesus given for us. So let's pray. Thank you for listening. For more information on how to get connected, please visit our website at knoxprez.org. That is K-N-O-X-P-R-E-S dot org. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Podcast, or Spotify.